What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Exploration Marriage Podcast. My name is Kenny. I'm Kenzie. And today we have a, a pretty fantastic show lined up for you, if I do say so myself. If you are just now listening to our podcast, this is our first one. We recommend you go back. I'm sorry, this is our third one. We recommend you go back to our first one and take a listen to that one. Yeah, there's a lot of great information uh, on that first one. And uh, that first one that we put out was kind of taking the plunge. It was, you know, quite our conversations that you should have with your significant other before walking down the aisle. It's really kind of a pre-marriage podcast. However, those conversations are relevant even after marriage. You know, there, there are plenty of people who get married, don't have some of those very, very important conversations. And it's something that, you know, we think everybody could benefit from. Right. Um, also, yeah, we are going to plug our social media here real quick. We have uh, a lot of people that have joined our Facebook group, which is Exploration Marriage, and are following us on Twitter at ExplorationMar1. Again, that is at ExplorationMar1 on Twitter. Uh, we have seen just a, a mass uh, kind of boom in our social media accounts uh, and following. And uh, if you'd like to join us, we, we would certainly appreciate to have you. Uh, if you want to join our, our Facebook group or our Facebook page, all you need to do is just send us an invite uh, or not an invite, but a request. And we will gladly accept you into those groups. Uh, and again, on tw Twitter, if you uh, request to follow, we'll more than uh, happily accept you there as well. And it's good. You know, it's a great place to uh, get firsthand information. You're going to find out, you know, about what the subject is going to be for that week you're going to be able to participate in all sorts of great conversations with a lot of awesome people. And, uh, I mean, it's just a wealth of information as Kenzie said, you know, before it's, it's another tool in your toolkit. Yeah. Um, and on our Facebook group page, there's just a lot of great people who are searching for the same thing, who are looking to build their marriage to make their relationship stronger. And you, it's always good to surround yourself with people like that. Absolutely. Especially in this context. Um, you know, when you're talking about the subject of marriage, you know, there, there's no such thing as a perfect marriage. There's no such thing as perfect people. And so we all get the opportunity to learn and grow together. We learn from one another, um, you know, past experiences, you know, where people are presently and, and just a lot of good tips and tricks for your marriage, uh, as well as a podcast, which I can't, you know, I can't, say enough great things about uh, there's a lot of good information here whether or not you know um, everybody finds it useful you know I can't say for sure but what I can say is that all the information we put out is absolutely useful um, across the board in my opinion so today this the subject that we're going to be talking about today is something that uh, I think Kenzie and I have both been very passionate about which is the five love languages in marriage Yes, and in relationships in general, long-term relationships. Um, we recently both took the test, and we kind of knew our love language, but this just confirmed it. Well, at least for me, I think we discovered a little bit more about yours. But it's definitely been just another great tool for us. Yeah, and for me, it was a, it was a truly eye-opening experience, and... Uh, you know, I, I don't care. I don't care who you are, how long you've been married, whether it's five minutes, 50 years. Um, there's always something new that you can learn about your marriage. There's always something new that you can learn about yourself in your relationships mm -hmm. and things that are going to help to make those relationships better. And this, uh, this quiz that we took for the uh, five love languages was a, a huge eye opener for me. I learned a lot about my own love language and I learned about, a lot about how to communicate that to Kenzie. Right. And uh, as well as that, I, I've, you know, I've learned a lot about her love language and the way that I can better fill, my love yeah, fill, fill her love bucket or uh, better serve my <laughs> spouse. <laughs> um, so it's great stuff. And look, if you haven't taken the quiz yet, I encourage everybody who's listening to this podcast to go out there and take that quiz. And, I, and if you're a single person, it doesn't matter. Go take it. They had, they have a quiz for singles, right? They have quizzes for married couples. They have 
they have quizzes for your kids. Yeah, for teens. To understand, you know, how you're, you know, what language your, your kids are speaking other than English. Okay. Or, yeah. We're talking about their, we're talking about their love language. Um, and you'll learn a lot. I, I guarantee it. Yeah. It's definitely been really great for us. Yeah, for sure. Um, so let's just get right into it. Let's just talk about it. All right. So first things first, the, the five love languages, why don't you go ahead and just, just tell us what the five are and then we'll, we'll talk more. Uh, words of affirmation, quality time, acts of service, physical touch, and receiving gifts. Right. Those are the big five. Those are the big five. And um, <clears throat> so the, the five love languages, just to give you a little bit of background information, was, uh, was a book that was written by Gary Chapman back in 1992. Now, Gary Chapman is a Southern Baptist pastor who was doing marriage counseling. He was doing relationship counseling. Um, and just to kind of give you the, the summary of it, he was able to, he was able to understand that, you know, people typically fit into one of five categories, major categories, as far as the five love languages are concerned. And these love languages, as Kenzie already told you what they were, were how those individuals in that relationship, that is how that they perceived love. And that's what they needed from their spouse to communicate with them. What was most meaningful to them. Right. What was going to fill their love bucket. Mm -hmm. So Gary Chapman, I, I mean, this is, this is a revolutionary understanding of what people need in their marriages and, and how to communicate that to your spouse. I, I think it, it really kind of turned everything on its head and really changed the dynamic of marriages. I agree. And, um, so Kenzie and I both took the quiz. Like we said, you know, it, it was, it was totally outstanding. You know, what we found out about ourselves was spectacular. Nothing short of spectacular. I, I like I said, I learned a lot about myself. However, we're going to tell you what our love language is first and, and kind of give you a little bit of background on how that's, that's kind of helped us in our marriage. Right. So Kenzie, why don't you go ahead and, and start? My big one, my main one with you is physical touch. Yes. Now tell them why you're saying with you. Because in our relationship, that's important to me. But outside of our relationship with like friends and family and stuff, it'd be more quality time. I don't necessarily need that touch or sometimes even want that physical touch from them. But with you, my biggest is definitely physical touch. Right. And we'll go into details about that. I, I just want to want to say at least for um, for right now that you know physical touch is not it's not necessarily intimacy. It is not physical intimacy. It is more of a reassuring kind of right touch. Essentially, it could be a you know holding holding her hand, you know hugging her, putting my arm around her, rubbing her back, you know all, all sorts of different different ways that you can. Yeah, you can do that. It definitely does not need to be intimate for it to be meaningful to me. Right. Uh, and so for me, my my big category or the the one that is most meaningful to me are uh, words of affirmation. Mm -hmm. Right. And um, again, we'll we'll kind of go over that. But the the words of affirmation are for me they're they're so important because. I need, I need to know that what I'm doing is important. I, I feel like, you know, that reassurance that I get kind of helps me to be a better husband. It helps me to be a better father. It helps me to know when I'm on the right track and that helps. I definitely think that's been an eye opener for me because I would have put yours more at quality time, but now knowing that words of affirmation is more meaningful, I can definitely focus more on that. Yeah. And to be honest, I would have put yours at quality time as well. <laughs> we just spend all of our time together. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like that's important. That's, that's to me, if I, if I could rate it myself, I mm -hmm. would say that probably uh, words of affirmation would definitely be the highest, but I mean, quality time would be right there. Close I mean, nipping at its heels. Yeah. I think my percentages, well, mine was physical touch at like 40% and then 
my second closest was at like 27. So mine weren't too close, but yeah, but it, it's kind of like a drastic drop off. And I'm, I'm not sure that that part, that part of it is super accurate. I think they just kind of break it down by percentage. Yeah. Some of those questions are hard though to, for me to choose between anyway. I, yeah, I would agree. I mean, they kind of give you, they give you two really good choices yeah. and you got to pick the better of the two. Yeah. 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 I mean, it is what it is, but, but here's the thing, right? Is that when you're taking that quiz and this isn't for us cause we've already done it, mm-hmm. but you know, for anybody else that is going to go and take that quiz, make sure that you're being completely, totally 100% honest right. in your answers. Don't try to game the system because you think you're going to get an outcome that you want you need to answer those questions seriously and, and honestly so that you get, you get the answers that you need. Yeah. You can have a better understanding of it too. Yeah. You don't want to, you don't want to try and game the system and then find out, you know, that, that, you know, you're communicating the wrong thing to your spouse. Yeah, exactly. So, um, again, if, if you guys haven't taken the quiz, go take the quiz. If you don't know how to access the quiz, uh, open up, Google in your browser and Google the five love languages uh, quiz and it'll take you directly to a website. Or if you're connected to us on social media, just look out for the link. I mean, we've posted it several times. I know. Yeah. And then definitely go to our Facebook group or hit us up on one of our social media pages and let us know what yours is. We're very curious. Yeah. That's another thing too, right? Cause we, we have this social media or we have this Facebook group. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I do my, my due diligence or I I do my best to try and engage people as much as possible. And I think that that's extremely important, but when it comes to the conversation of, you know, the love languages, it's, it's extremely important that, you know, people say it out loud. And here's the reason why you can say the words in your head, words of affirmation, quality time, you know, all the other ones that that are there. Mm-hmm. But if you're not truly considering or thinking about what those, what those words truly mean, it's not going to do you a whole lot of good. So the reason why I asked these questions on the Facebook group, Hey, what are your, what's your love language? It's more of a way for us to kind of talk together right, and kind of help people better understand their, their love language. Right. Understand it together. Right. But I, you know, kind of moving on, we are going to go through the different categories and we're going to break it down pretty good. Um, yeah, well, I think we'll spend a little bit extra time on words of affirmation just because there are a few like subcategories under that that I'd like to break it into. But other than that, we can just kind of go through and we'll give you some examples of stuff you can do for your spouse for that sort of love language. Absolutely. So, uh, Let's just, let's jump into it. What's, what's the first one? All right. So the first one is going to be words of affirmation and a couple categories under that would be humility, appreciation, encouragement, and empathy. And I say humility under that because as we, you and I have talked before, um, this is a new one for me and I didn't really realize this would be a part of it. But like saying stuff like I regret or I'm sorry for this or next time I'll try to do this or today I could have done selling stuff better. Um, I didn't really even think about putting that in the category of words of affirmation for you. Like I just didn't realize that was a thing that you needed to hear. I know it's important to say in a relationship like I'm sorry for this, but I didn't realize how big that was for you. Yeah, no, it's, it's massive. And I didn't even realize it, to be mm-hmm. honest. I knew that, uh, that it, it's upsetting to me when let's say, you know, we had a, a disagreement about something and, uh, you know, at the end of it all, I, I'm the type of person that will apologize. You know, I want to make the situation right. I will, I will come forward and I will assume responsibility. I will take ownership of my, my part. Right. Mm -hmm. But the one thing that, that bothers me is, you know, if, if you or someone else, right. But you namely, um, if you weren't to 
you know, take any, any sort of credit or accountability. accountability. Yeah. If you, if you didn't take any accountability in that situation, you know, if you didn't say like, Oh, I, you know, I'm sorry. Or, um, next time I'll, yeah, next time I'll, I'll do this or that, you know, it, it, it would, it makes me, it makes me upset. Right. Right. Because I feel like you're not understanding the situation or you're not listening to me or you're not taking it seriously. Right. And, by you saying those things, it lets me know that you do care and that you are paying attention and that you, you, you really are invested. Mm-hmm. Acknowledging yeah. your feelings in that too. Yeah. That was definitely a big eye opener for me. Um, Cause I think what I associated it with was more of this category of just words of appreciation. Like I appreciate when you do this or I'm proud of you for, say like I I think I messaged you this morning I'm proud of you for sitting and taking the time to pray or just little things like that like great job of this or I'm thankful for you those kinds of things right that's what I associated it with the most and I did too I mean I I thought you know it was more like a verbal pat on the back right you know like like you were saying I mean and, that, and those things are good to hear. Those things are great to hear. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the majority of words of affirmation can be those, those kind of reassuring verbal pats on the back. But when it really goes down to the brass tacks, it is, it's a lot deeper than that. It's about how you, how you talk or how you communicate even past just, you know, the, the good stuff, mm-hmm. the humility. Right. Um, the next would be words of encouragement and not just like being proud of you for what you have accomplished, but also trying to encourage you in what you are trying to do. Like, I believe in you or it impresses me when you do this, those sorts of things. Right. Um, the next category would be empathy. Like I, it must be really tough for you when this happens, or I can't imagine how hard it must be or you in certain situations or that sounds tough. Is that right? Or that sounds upsetting. Is that right? But just sort of another way to acknowledge your feelings. I, I yeah, no. And I a hundred percent agree with that. And the reason, the reason why that's so important is, you know, guys like me who their primary love language is words of affirmation often aren't going to, they're not going to, they're not going to speak their mind quite as much, mm-hmm. you know, whether it is, whether it's for pride or, or any other, you know, um, any other circumstance that that's keeping them from being able to express what they're feeling. Um, it, it's good for, you know, their spouse to be able to recognize and, under, and kind of sympathize or empathize with what they're going through and, and be able to vocalize that and say, you know, Hey, this, this must be tough for you, you know? And when you do that, it kind of breaks down that barrier and allows us to kind of say, well, yeah, you know, it it is pretty tough, you know, and it it gives us, it kind of gives us an in on that conversation. Right. Instead of you feeling like you have to come out and express that me being able to recognize that is definitely a big plus for you. Right. Um, some things that you can do for your significant other if they have that love language would be something like leaving a sticky note on the bathroom mirror or leaving a note for them on the kitchen counter or um, writing them a little letter or even posting a nice thing on Facebook towards them, which Kenny and I talked about, and that was one I didn't realize that he needed. And just being recognized and publicly appreciated is a big one that I didn't realize. Yeah. It was one that you didn't realize, but that was also one that I never, I never like openly said I wanted from you. Right. Right. You, you know, you were like, well, I, I, I distinctly remember, I don't know if it was like a birthday or it, I think it was a birthday, right? Like my birthday was coming or something like that, or my birthday had come mm-hmm. and, uh, you were, um, you had asked me if you wanted me to, or if I wanted you, right? To, <laughs> if I wanted you to post something on Facebook, or was it enough for me to just say to you in person? Right, and 
you know, the, the thought was like, first of all, I, I don't want to tell you to go and do it. That just seems kind of ridiculous. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like if you took it upon yourself to go on Facebook and be like, Oh, you know, happy birthday to my husband, you know, and whatever other wonderful things you would like to say about me. Uh, <laughs> All of the above. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that that's cool. And you know what, really it does, this is going to sound strange, but it, it gives me that warm feeling inside, mm-hmm. which I guess is a feeling of love, but <laughs> <laughs> it makes you feel love or happiness or satisfaction. <laughs> I don't know. But if, if you were to do that, that that's exactly what would happen. You know, there would be that you would be filling up my love bucket, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to go, you know, outright and say like, Hey, why don't you go post something for me on Facebook, you know, right. or make a public spectacle out of me. You know, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to leave that up to you. But now that I've communicated my love language, now you know what to look for. Now you know what to do. Communication. Communication. (laughs) It is the the foundation foundation of every good relationship. Every good relationship. Yeah, definitely. It's it's been great knowing these things. So now I can better love you. For both of us, yeah. I mean... Look, I always knew that, you know, physical touch was your, was your love language. Mm-hmm. Always. I was always aware that, you know, because, it, and this is needy. just how you were. No, no, no. <laughs> it's not because you're needy. It's because that's how you've always been. Yeah. You've always been like, Hey, can I hold your hand? Or, you know, you would reach over and touch my arm or, and listen, everybody out there, listen <laughs> right now. I want you to understand something that marriage is about compromise. Uh-huh. If you didn't know that surprise (laughs) marriage is about compromise you are going to have to compromise a lot Mm -hmm. and when i say compromise let me tell you something i'm not a very touchy-feely person no never he hasn't been and i definitely i don't know that i'd say force that on you but because it's my love language with you i definitely push that on you more you you certainly do and there's nothing wrong with that you know why why because that's your love language (laughs) and that's and you're laughing, but I'm being serious. That's your love language. Mm-hmm. And if I don't learn to speak your language or your love language, how can I expect to, to, to make you happy, to make you feel loved? I can't. So I, I, what I do and Kenzie, I'm, I'm telling you and I'm telling everybody else in the world, mm-hmm. like we, we talked about earlier. Yeah. There are times where I have to force myself to allow that to happen where, and it seems crazy. It's like, why don't you want to cuddle with your spouse? Why don't you want her to hold your hand? It's nothing personal. It's not like, I think she's got cooties, but <laughs> not anymore. Anyway, not anymore anyway, not since like this, the fifth grade, <laughs> but it's just, it's not my love language. Right. It's way down on the list. Like physical Second touches to is like, yeah, it's way down there, but marriage is about compromise. And I came to understand that my compromise was if, if that's what my wife needs, that's what my wife gets. And I'm not, I'm not going, there are times where we we've had to compromise on our compromise. Right. Crickets. <laughs> we, we've had to compromise on our compromise, which means like, you know, you've wanted to, you wanted me to put my arm around you. And I was like, well, can we just hold hands or bump elbows instead? Yeah. You know, like, do you want to just put your, <laughs> your finger on my thumb or something? Yeah. Can we hold pinkies? (laughs) Exactly. But, but this is what we're talking about. You know, in a marriage, you're going to compromise. You have to compromise. Yeah. And this is, this is the, this is it. Once you know your spouse's love language, you have to start speaking it, whether or not you want to. Cause if you don't, your marriage is going to fail. It's going to go down in flames. If I were a selfish person and I never let you touch me, if I never let you hug me, how would you feel? Be sad all the time. All the time. I figured you'd have some mixed emotions about that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but yeah, that's that's where that's where it's at. And listen, I I just want everybody to know, okay, that this is this is why we do this. This is for the basic information. And of course, most of you, if not all of you, already know that marriage takes compromise. Right. But do you know how to actually compromise? You can. You can have an idea, but not know how to execute it. If you're speaking your spouse's love language, you're going to execute it. Yeah, definitely making the conscious effort to commit to that or to give them that meaningful contact. 
Yeah. Give them what they give them what they want. And it's not just what they want. It's what they need, mm-hmm. believe it or not. And that's, that's why, that's why we are exploring the love languages because that is every, every person's unique in their own way. And, and they all express that, that same, the same, uh, languages in different ways. I could be words of affirmation and so could the guy next to me, but we, we may speak it differently. Right. I know that sounds crazy, but hang in there. But once you communicate that and figure it out for yourselves, you'll definitely be in a better spot in your relationship. Absolutely. So let's go ahead and move on. Yeah. Taking Uh, (laughs) on to the next one. Um, Quality time. This one I think is mostly self-explanatory, but just for us, I know it's just being able to be in the same room and we can be doing two separate things, but just being near each other is good for us. Yeah. And, but for others, it might be like sit down, undivided attention and talking and like con- eye to eye contact just so that they know that that person is focused on them. And that's right. totally fine too. It's, it's all about understanding what you really need right. and being able to communicate that to your spouse. Mm-hmm. If you're okay with just sitting in the room and you guys are both reading books or playing on your laptops or whatever you're doing. And you're fine with that because you're in the same room together. Yeah. Cool. But if you need undivided attention and you need communication and you need eye contact and all of that stuff, you, you better make sure that you speak up and say something. Yeah, definitely. Um, and for quality time, we definitely recommend setting at least one night aside a week for you and your spouse to just have time together. Right. Like a, a quote unquote date night. Right. And it doesn't even have to be, a going out date night. It can definitely be just sitting and watching a movie together, doing a puzzle together, reading a book together, going on a walk together, hiking, like any activity that you can just be with each other, do it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that's pretty much it for that one. Do you have anything else to add? No. Um, no, we said it communicate, you know, quality time may seem like a, a, fairly simple topic, but there, there's a little bit more to it. And so all I can say is communicate, really make your feelings known, make sure that you're heard. Don't just assume that your, your spouse, your partner understands what, what you want, what you need. Right. And you don't need to be passive aggressive about it either. Definitely just go in and sit down and have the conversation about what you need to feel that love. And don't be surprised if you got to have that conversation more than once. <laughs> yeah. It's just, that's how, that's how life goes. Little nice reminders are never a bad thing. Do I need to say it? Soft touch. Soft touches. <laughs> Anyways, dear. Yeah, moving on. Um, acts of service. Basically making a conscious effort to do something for your spouse. Taking that time to, whether it's take on a chore for them or make them breakfast in bed or just really doing anything for your spouse to letting them, lets them know you care. Absolutely. And and look, when we're talking about acts of service, right, we're talking about something that's, that's outside of the normal routine for you, right? Right. I mean, let's, let's face it. Yeah, it's great. You know, if every week you mow the lawn, but how are you? how are you filling up your wife's love bucket? If you're not going out of your way, going out of your way above and beyond to help her out with something that she would normally do. Right. Or if your husband is the one that has the acts of service, love language, maybe she could go outside and pick up the dog poop. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Take the dog on a walk, give them an hour of uninterrupted TV time. Oh, I don't. Yeah. I'm not saying it's your love language. Dear. Oh, that's I'm right. Saying. Yeah, no, I, f- I forgot. We're talking to a bunch of different people. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I didn't forget. Yeah, no, just letting, doing something for them. Yeah. Uh, look, it, it's, I, I don't want to just say that it's simple because what is simple to us may not be quite as simple for other people to communicate. Right. But again, it takes communication. You have to talk about it. If your love language is acts of service, make sure that you're communicating that with your spouse and saying, look, I 
feel best. I feel as though you, you know, you love me when you are, when, when you take the opportunity just out of the blue to say, you know what, honey, I'm going to do the dishes tonight. You know what, sweetheart, I'm going to go do some laundry. You just sit back, kick your feet up and relax for a little bit. Yeah. And even going on that, like, it's okay for you to ask for that, for you to let them know what you need and just be like, Hey, I would really, really appreciate it if you could do this for me, or it would mean a lot if you could go take on this for me. Absolutely. But don't forget, don't forget to explain it. Don't, don't forget to have that conversation, right? Because if, if you're sitting down and your wife looks over at you and she's like, you know, I, I think it would be great if you would uh, do the laundry, do the laundry or <laughs> it'd be nice if you would get up and actually wash some dishes. I don't I, like I, that. I that's how you perceive it. my voice to be. That's not your voice. <laughs> that is a much more effeminate Kenny. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> I, I don't, I have no delusions about being able to reach your, your octave. <laughs> I'm way down here. Mm -hmm. I got that smooth base. Okay. Anyways, what I, so you, you know, if you look over and you ask them to do something and they don't understand the reason why they're being asked to do it, they might just feel like, you know, well, wife's feeling extra lazy today. I might as well get off my rump and go do what she's asking me to do. And, and, you know, without that proper communication, it, it may come in as, you know, it may be perceived negatively. Right. Yeah, they might just not want to do it because they don't understand why. Right. So expressing that is definitely going to be a part of that conversation too. That's, yep, yep that's enough on that. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, here's mine. Physical touch. Yep. And like we just briefly touched on earlier, it does not have to be intimate, at least not for me. Like just nonchalantly rubbing my arm or holding my hand, just any of that just really makes me feel like you care about me. Absolutely. And to say that it doesn't have to be intimate, it also can be intimate, but we're not talking about just exclusively right. one or the other. We're talking about that, you know, you need to understand that there is there is, uh, you know, such thing as, you know, physical contact outside of the marital bedroom. Right. Um, one of the big things for me is just, I really enjoy just like long hugs. And I think you know that, but it just really brings me comfort just hugging. Yeah. And, and I do know that it, it's like, you know, when I walk in the door, when I come home from work, you know, you're usually standing there, you're waiting. I'm ready. You're waiting, you know. <laughs> And, uh, the non touchy filly side of me is always kind of like, uh. here we go. But it's not that I don't want to hug my wife. It's not that I don't want to embrace you. It's just, that's not my, that's not my love language. Mm -hmm. So it's not high on the priority list. So when I walk in the door, I can go do a million different things, then turn around and come back and hug you. Yeah. But for you, when I walk in the door, it's like, no, drop your bag, come over, give me a hug, give me a mm -hmm. kiss, you know? Go on. Yeah. Then you can do your thing. Yeah. And then you can go do what you <laughs> Acknowledge need to do. me first. <laughs> but it, it comes in, it comes in many different forms. And I know like, you know, if we're sitting on the couch and I get up to go do something, Kenzie will often, often stop me. You know, she'd be <laughs> like, here, you know, um, give me a little kiss, give me a little kiss. You know, I'll, I'll miss you while you're in the kitchen for 20 seconds. You know, <laughs> I like the just because touches or the just because kisses, like not because you're leaving or needing to go somewhere, but just because you feel like it. And I understand that. I get that. Um, I think the best way for someone to help their spouse with that love language is, well, definitely like back massage, back scratch before they ask. If they're asking it, Yes, it'll mean something to them, but it won't mean as much. Just kind of like me asking if you needed me to post on Facebook. It doesn't really mean as much if you have to ask for it. Or if I, yeah, I mean, if, if I've got to give you my permission to go and do it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I get that. That's understandable. And look, you know, again, do I even need to say it? I mean, it, it comes down to communication. Yeah. Communicate your needs. 
and you know, let's, let's all have a serious conversation about, you know, what our love language is and how that needs to manifest itself in order for us to be satisfied, feel loved. Yeah. It's, it's that simple. It really, really truly is that simple. Yeah. And going into that is the last love language receiving gifts. And I think you and I, even though we do this for each other and we try to think of the other person while we're out, it's we're both had it at three percent on our list like it definitely does not mean as much to us but to some they feel that love by receiving those gifts right and okay yeah i mean you pointed it out right it was it was the lowest point on our list Mm -hmm. i don't need you to come home and hand me something but we do it for each other anyways, right? Yeah. Like I'll, I'll go out, you know, if I go to the gas station to go pick up some water or to go do something, you know, and, and I'm, I'm there, it's like, you know, I'll get something for Kenzie, you know, I'll, I'll grab one of her favorite snacks, you know, and I'll bring it home. Um, and it's just, it, to me, it's like, Hey, this, this little token here shows that I'm, I'm thinking of you, even when I'm not here, even when you're not right in front of my face, you're on my mind. Right. And I definitely think that's more part of receiving gifts than the actual idea of getting a gift. It's more of the fact that they're thinking of that person. Right. And it doesn't have to be a big expensive gift. It's just letting them know that you're thinking of them, like buying them flowers at the end of the day. You can get like $5 flowers at the store, just a cute, small little bouquet. And it, doesn't have to be much, but it still lets them know you're thinking of them. Or even another thing you can do is surprise them with something at work, whether it's like a box of chocolates or chocolate-covered strawberries or an edible arrangement, anything to let them know that you're thinking of them. Right. I mean, let's, let's, let, let's let them tell you what that act means to them what what that language means to them like if they're expecting you to go out and always come back with something you know okay all right i don't think it always has to be monetary i don't think that they always have to go out and spend money there there are plenty of different ways that you can give gifts right gifts without spending money right i mean and look you know for for newly married couples who uh who are young and who haven't had a career for a long period of time, you, you may be on a, a pretty strict budget. So right. if your love language is receiving gifts, you, you may have to kind of manage your expectations there or have a very serious conversation because you don't want to be going out there and breaking the bank because somebody is just trying to speak your love language right. and the money's just flowing out of the account, you know? So again, it comes down to communicating what specifically that language means to you and how that need needs to manifest itself. Yeah, definitely. I think overall from this is even if this isn't your love language, like even though it's not your big one, it is still important in your relationship to do all of these and it just completes the pie. Absolutely. Yeah. It's all cumulative, cumulative, man, can't get that word out. Um, it is all inclusive. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's a good uh, one. And, and really it breaks it down in percentages for a reason. Cause like Kenzie said, it's, it's all about the, the larger pie. It's, mm-hmm. it's about the bigger picture, right? Yes. My, my primary love language is words of affirmation, but I absolutely value quality time. Quality time. I, I value, you know, the, the, um, physical touch to a degree. Yeah. Not there as are, much. there are times where I, I really enjoy and, and I feel good when Kenzie is holding my hand or I have my arm around her just because it's not at the top of my list. Doesn't mean I, I don't ever want to do it, you know? Right. So she's right. You know, you, you have to take into consideration all five of the languages and where, where they rank at essentially. Yeah. And definitely which, what you need to focus on the most, but, also add in those other parts as well. Right. And and I mean, you know, it's, it's all about, it's all about investment. You want to invest in your marriage and, and right here, just the five love languages gives you five different ways to invest in your marriage. Mm -hmm. 
and you already know what the what the perceived value of that investment is going to be, what the general return of that investment is going to be. Right. Right. And, and not to not to sound really dorky, but, you know, if I want to make Kenzie happy, I know that if I go and give her a big hug and and kiss her on the forehead, that's just going to light her day up. It's going to make her feel great. Yep. So this is again, you know, I, I was having this conversation with my dad uh, actually earlier this morning. We were kind of talking about what we were going to talk about tonight and I was telling them, you know, marriage is like, it's, it's like a building, right? And if you think of it like this, you know, communication is your foundation. And for Christian marriages, a, a good godly marriage where the husband and wife are praying together and for each other, and they are strengthening their marriage through their godly relationship, that is your foundation, communication it goes directly on top of that and, and that just kind of builds that foundation even higher Strength. you cannot have a good marriage without a stable foundation and those are just two points right there where you're going to build a stable foundation for your marriage mm-hmm. if you don't have communication you're not going to have a stable marriage exactly. it's going to it's going to crumble in on itself so all of these other things that we're giving you when we're talking about identifying, you know, strengths and weaknesses in your marriage and conversations to have before you walk down the aisle and um, the five love languages and some of the other subjects that we're going to get into um, in later episodes, these are all support beams. These are all things that are going to hold up the rest of the structure, right? Your marriage, if it's a building, it's got to have support beams. It's got to have things that are going to, are going to be load bearing, um, and, and this is just one of those, this is going to help to strengthen your marriage, right? By understanding and employing these love languages. And going based off that analogy, you always see building maintenance. It's always going to need some work. Absolutely. Yeah. This is not a one and done. This isn't a, you know, once, once you're done with the construction, you smack your hands on your pants and, and knock the dust off and walk away. Kenzie's absolutely right. It, a marriage is is always going to need maintenance, just like anything else in life. It, it goes through normal wear and tear. And if you're not constantly trying to maintain and and maybe even up, upgrade a little bit in your marriage, you know, find right. new ways to, to make your marriage, you know, kind of more exciting, exciting you know, travel yeah. and, you know, uh, explore different hobbies together. Exactly. Find new things to do together. Absolutely. There, there's no limit to the heights that you can take your marriage as long as you're communicating. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's, that is the soul. That is the, the foundation of any good marriage. Anything and, we talk about, we will probably always bring it right back to the communication because it's just so important. Yeah. I mean, if, if look, I, I'm not going to spend another analogy <laughs> here, but I, you guys get it. You know, communication is it's, it's the big one. You have to have communication. Mm -hmm. So look, these are the five love languages. Um, You guys have guys and gals. I don't want to uh, put everybody in the same basket there. Right. Um, You've heard the information. You understand where we went to go and get it. And I I hope that, that you all take that information and you digest it. You let it take root. And I hope it blossoms in your life and it just makes things even better. There's no way that it couldn't if you allow it to do so. Right. We're, our goal is to help make your marriage easier, not tougher. Absolutely. I mean, look, marriage is tough. And I think I put this as our tagline for our podcast, but marriage is tough on a good day. Right. You know, you start adding in fights and arguments and miscommunication and, and you know, people not doing what they're supposed to be doing. You're going to make it pretty much impossible. So now that all of the, uh, the serious stuff is out of the way, uh, I, I kind of want to end this on a, on a, on a bit of a lighter note, right? Okay. Um, let's hear it. Dear. These are <laughs> an unbelievable marriage stories. Um, not unbelievable. They're, they're more like anecdotes, you know, little jokes, but I found them pretty funny. Mm-hmm. So here's one marriage is a relationship in which one person is always right. And the other is usually the husband. (laughs) 
When our lawnmower broke and wouldn't run, my wife kept hinting to me that I should get it fixed. Somehow, I always had something else to take care of first. The truck, car, email, fishing. There was always something more important to me. Finally, she thought of a clever way to make her point. When I arrived home one day, I found her seated in the tall grass, busily snipping away with a tiny pair of sewing scissors. I watched silently for a short time and then went into the house. I was gone only a few minutes. When I came out again, I handed her a toothbrush. When you're finished cutting the grass, I said, you might as well sweep the driveway too. The doctors say I will walk again, but I will always have a limp. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's funny. It was funny the first time I read it, and it's still funny. I I tell you what, though, that kind of does remind me, like, that's that's me in a nutshell. Kenzie will try to do something serious, and my sense of humor will just just sit there and undermine her at everything that she does until she cracks and starts laughing. I try to ignore it as much as possible and just roll my eyes and stay serious, but he will just keep going (laughs) and keep going. It it evolves too, like, you know, the goofy faces and. Yeah, I have, I usually have to turn and not look at him, try and stand my ground, but I don't feel like it ever happens. Sometimes. Sometimes Rarely. I, sometimes I get away with it. Sometimes I don't. I, sometimes she just, she's had enough and she really lets me know. <laughs> she needs to yep. stop. Um, here's another good one. Uh, some people have strange views on the subject of marriage, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so here, just to kind of break it down. In the first year of marriage, the man speaks and the woman listens. In the second year of marriage, the woman speaks and the man listens. And in the third year... They both speak and the neighbors listen. <laughs> oh, God. I got one for you. Okay. Someone once said that marriage is a 50 50 partnership, but anyone who believes that clearly knows nothing about women or fractions. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. Yep. When I, when I say compromise, um, again, I, I want to make it well known that <laughs> when I say compromise, I mean, we're going to do whatever my wife wants to do. <laughs> oh man. Well, not always. I'm not, I'm not too bossy. No, she's, you're not, you're not, but you do have the, the puppy dog face, you know, that makes me, uh, makes me crack. Um, Speaking of speaking of puppy dogs, mm-hmm. I, I want to just let everybody know that's listening. We we do have our dogs in the room, and we try to keep them as quiet as possible. But if you hear, you know, like the the clacking, clacking yeah, on the it's wood the dogs floors. on the hardwood floor, and and sometimes it's hard for us to uh, keep them quiet they're all the dogs. time. Yeah, they're dogs, you know, but they're pretty good. Pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, well, I think for me that pretty much wraps it up. How about you? Yep. Let us know if you guys have anything else you want us to talk about. Hit us up on our Facebook page, our Facebook group, our Twitter. Let us know what you think. Yeah, let us know what you think and uh, let us know if we missed anything. That's the biggest thing. Um, Kenzie and I, we do the best that we can. We do our research. You know, we have these conversations. We prep as much as we possibly can. But that doesn't mean that we're perfect and it doesn't mean that we're always going to say everything that everybody wants to hear. So if we're leaving stuff out, bring it to our attention and we will more than happily address what your what your concerns are. Absolutely. And um, just a, a fantastic, fantastic uh, following right now. And we're super excited to see how this group and, and this podcast grows in the uh, coming months and Hopefully years. Hopefully we're we're still still here uh, babbling into microphones long into the future. However, that is greatly dependent <laughs> on on all of you and how much we expand. Uh, we want to make sure that this is a, a venture that is um, that is worth the while. And maybe this is annoying, but definitely go like our page, comment, 
share, let it, we think this is really something beneficial for everybody out there. So share it with anybody, you know, invite them to the group, definitely get the word out there. Yeah. And we get it. You know, people are hesitant to want to join, you know, groups and, and they're really hesitant to kind of jump in and start listening to new material and who are these guys and why is their advice so important? And look, why are they better than us? (laughs) And we're not. Listen, if, if I've said it, if I've said it once, I've said it a million times, I am absolutely imperfect. I by no means whatsoever think that I have all the answers. However, I do have a passion inside of me and my heart. And I know my wife does as well that we, we care about, we care about people. We care about couples. We care about, you know, trying to make things as as good as possible. That doesn't mean that we're not going to make mistakes and it doesn't mean that we're not going to, um, stumble every once in a while, but that doesn't mean that we can't take the opportunity to learn and work together to make things happen in our relationships. And that's exactly what we're trying to do. And I, again, I've said it, sorry for blowing on the microphone like that, (laughs) but I've said it, you know, this isn't, this isn't just our podcast. This isn't just our group. Mm -hmm. This is for everybody. Your input is more than welcome. Absolutely. Uh, well, with that being said, I think we're done. I think we're going to sign off and bid you all a, a good night, a good weekend, and a fantastic week ahead of us, ahead of you, mm-hmm. of all of us. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> You're so weird. I am. Yeah. No, you guys have a great week and um, enjoy the podcast. Enjoy all of it. Enjoy your spouse. Enjoy your lives. Go out there, do some great stuff. Go tell your spouse you love them. Yeah. Absolutely. Every day. Yep. We'll leave, we'll leave you with that. All right, y'all. Have a wonderful, magnificent evening. And uh, we'll see you on the next episode of Exploration Marriage. <laughs>